you for joining us for this week's episode of The West Steps. And this week we have the second ever returning guest. How's oh, it going? Oh, nice. Good. Hi, Beza. Hi. Um, so you and I have had a conversation on full day kindergarten before, but I assumed a lot has changed since we talked a couple of weeks ago. So can you tell us what's been going on? Is, is there any update um, and any changes since we last sat down? Yes, a lot has happened and a lot of really good things. Uh, so the train is leaving the station for full day <laughs> kindergarten. We have a bill introduced. The Joint Budget Committee set aside the money to fully fund full day kindergarten. Uh, yesterday, the Colorado Senate debated the budget, and there were no amendments proposed to cut that funding. Wow, that's pretty big. Yeah, so uh, we have a lot happening, and in many ways, it feels like we just got to the starting line, uh, but a lot has changed. That's a that's very um, uh, exciting because I think the last time we talked, we talked about the concept and the idea and what that means for Colorado kids. So, and you also talked about that this being the governor's priority, and it's very exciting to see that this has now become the legislators one of the top priorities as well. Absolutely. Uh, and I think one of the things that we've been highlighting is, you know, this has been a children's campaign priority uh, for nearly three decades, uh, or if not longer. Um, Anna Jo Haynes, uh, one of our founders, I was just talking to yesterday, and she's getting ready to testify in support of the bill, which is up April 9th, wow. and is going to tell some of that history. So very exciting um, to be at this point. Um, so I think that is kind of what has changed. Can you walk us through what the policy looks like now that there's a bill um, and what the funding means for, in terms of um, the the money that we get from the state and all of those details. Yes. So the bill's been introduced. It's House Bill 1262-1262. It's sponsored with bipartisan co-sponsorship by Representative Jim Wilson and Barbara McLaughlin in the House, Senator Jeff Bridges in the Senate, and about 36 of their colleagues have signed on as co-sponsors, a nice bipartisan group in both wow. chambers. So it's got strong support in the legislature, and uh, as I said, the bill will be heard April 9th. Um, just to talk through the policy a little bit, it's very close to what we discussed uh, when we were here before. So the most important thing is it, rather than fund full-day children for about a half day, it fully funds full-day children for a full day. And in the act of doing that, uh, it frees up. Uh, more than 5,000 preschool slots that are currently being used in kindergarten to be able to go to half-day or full-day preschool. That would be the single largest one-year expansion of preschool in the history of Colorado uh, if it moves through. Uh, it eliminates the ability of school districts to charge tuition, so parents would no longer face tuition costs uh, unless at some point the legislature cut funding for full-day kindergarten. They could sort of reinstitute it, but that's not uh, a, a realistic prospect in our view. And ultimately, it um, it, it creates this pathway uh, for school districts to fully fund their full-day children beginning this fall, uh, fall of 2019. Wow, that's very soon. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think the last time we talked about this, we talked a lot about what this means for the conversation around the school finance formula. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering now that you have a written policy on this and you guys uh, have a little bit more idea about the finances. What is that conversation like? Mm -hmm. 
So the governor originally proposed um, a, a sort of the Cadillac version of how we could fully fund full-day kindergarten. It would have involved fully funding all children, assuming 100% enrollment. It would have had some implementation funds set aside, and it would have had another 3,000 preschool slots on top of what was being proposed. So all in, if you made all those assumptions, that tallied up to closer to the $260, $265 million dollars. The legislature, I think, fully understood the value of those proposals, but sort of said, we need to uh, reflect the budget realities that have a lot of pressures on it, and have allocated $185 million to full-day kindergarten. And what that will mean is, uh, it probably means that we won't have the additional 3,000 preschool slots on top of the 5,000 that are there. It probably means that the implementation funding conversation happens elsewhere. Uh, Whether that happens or not, we'll see, but conversations are underway. And rather than make the assumption that we have 100% enrollment by the fall, which is not realistic, quite candidly, uh, given that we're at 80% enrollment today, it assumes that we'll be at about 85% enrollment, and that's the price of sort of fully funding full-day kindergarten at that. What we do in school finance is we true up our uh, uh, revenue based on enrollment after the October 1st count. And that's exactly what will happen here. If fewer than 85% enroll, uh, school districts will be funded for what they do enroll. If more do, they'll increase the amount. And that's in line with kind of current practice in school finance. So it's a really smart approach that the legislature's taken to sort of say, let's fund to expected enrollment. And that allows us to kind of adjust based on actual enrollment and uh, avoids uh the heavy pressure that folks felt like this was placing on the budget and instead moves it forward in a really exciting way um, that is more reflective of how enrollment will look this fall. So this reminds me of the conversation we had the last time about making sure that uh, kindergarten is seen as part of the K-12 education rather than its own um, kind of entity that kind of stands on its own. So um, does this put any more pressure on schools that now they are integrating part of, you know, um, an education system that we've somehow neglected for a while? Yeah, I think your your point is really well taken in that we will see kindergarten treated as the foundation of our educational system, not as something that would be nice to have, something you get if you can afford it, or if you happen to live in the right zip code. It will be part of the foundation of our system. And here we are in 2019, and I think we're all agreed that that is a smart policy decision, and we're fortunate to have the resources to fund it. Um, The governor has highlighted that unlike some things that people identify that government does that are unfunded mandates, Mm -hmm. school district, you must do X, but we don't have money for it. This is actually a funded non-mandate in that it is not a mandate that you enroll your child in a full day, nor is it a a mandate that school districts uh, enroll all their children in full day kindergarten. You can still offer half day if you have sort of that on-ramp, as some school districts do, to get all the way there. Uh, But it funds you for what you do. And knowing that we have 80% of kids in a full day today, and many school districts are cutting from teacher salaries, paraprofessionals, behavioral health supports. There's some, been some great coverage of how school districts are going to use this additional funding, and many are looking at teacher salaries as the place to invest. So I don't know that I see it as in any way a burden to school districts. It simply comes alongside and says, you're doing the right thing by your kids by and large, and we're going to fund you for that. That's awesome. So I think um, the other thing here 
maybe worth talking a little bit about is the benefits of having a kid in full day kindergarten. Can you talk us through some of those um, findings and if there's any research that you can point us to? Yes. Um, in particular, I would say for those who want to dig in in a little bit more depth, there's a great website that, Beza, you've helped uh, <laughs> uh, put together called uh, www.fulldayk.co. And on that website, we have the research, the bill summary, the fact sheet that now has more than 100 supporters, organizations, school districts, and so on. And that is a great place to dig in. But I think what we hear in particular and what we see when it comes to full-day kindergarten is we want our young children to have a whole child experience. The academics matter. The social-emotional engagement matters. The physical activities matters. And all that takes time. And if you've got children in three hours a day, you're trying to cram a lot in there. Mm -hmm. And what we hear and what we see for in kindergarten classrooms that are using these developmentally appropriate practices mm -hmm. is they have the time to do the academics, but they also have the time to do the social-emotional development for children, mm -hmm. uh, to have recess, uh, to have that sort of uh, community building about learning what it means to be a student that is just as important for long-term outcomes as is learning how to read, write, do math, and those things. So in many ways, it's about enriching the whole child's experience, and we get a great long-term benefit from that. So the other conversation that has been, I think, fascinating to watch is around uh, how many organizations and school districts have come out to um, support this effort. And I think um, I get to see the people who are supporting because I'm helping put together the website. But I think it will be very useful for people to hear, I think, the amount of support this has just outside of the state capitol and the governor's office, because I think um, sometimes we kind of see those two things appearing as separate issues. I think what community values and what policymakers tend to solve. So can you talk us through the enthusiasm around the communities and school districts and the hundreds of organizations that have come out and supported this? Yes. Um, so it's been really exciting to see educators who are the professionals who understand uh, what this could mean and what it means for the work that they do. So whether it be teachers associations, individual educators, um, organizations like Teach Plus that try to engage teacher voice in the policymaking process have really come to the table and said, you know, this is the right thing to do and lifted their voices up for it. School districts, um, the Association of Superintendents, the School Boards Association, the Rural Alliance that represents 147 of our 178 school districts, which are defined as rural, wow. really understanding that they've been doing this by and large for a long time because in rural communities, given uh, the demands of work, the distance that families travel to get to school, half day doesn't make sense for those communities. And those communities, by and large, uh, with just a couple exceptions, don't charge tuition because families struggle to afford it. Uh, they want to offer this. And so that is mean that meant in those communities that you've been cutting from somewhere. And it's probably been, given that it's 70 to 80% of a school's budget is, is personnel, mm -hmm. you've been cutting from salaries or support staff or the, all those things that we know children need to have a quality experience. So that's been really exciting. Uh, business groups like Epic, who understand that this is a workforce of today and workforce of tomorrow issue. Families need uh, uh, high-quality places to put their children so they can work, and children need to be on a path 
to academic success, so they're the workforce of tomorrow. So it's been really robust. It's been statewide, geographically diverse. I think it shouldn't be surprising that the bill sponsors are two in the House, two rural uh, legislators mm-hmm. uh, who are telling the importance of this and the Senate sponsor uh, representing the Denver metro area. So I just think it is a policy that brings people together at a time when a lot of tension exists around what do we want to do with public policy? Where do we want to go with our public investments? Mm-hmm. We're seeing full day kindergarten be the thing this legislature is coming together around. So um, you talked a little bit about it's uh, the bill is going to be heard in April. It's coming up. Um I think just before we talk about how people can get involved and what they can do to make sure that the bill um, goes all the way to the governor's desk, um, can you talk to us about what are the next steps from here? Because I feel like from our last conversation, this is the first step in ensuring young kids start on the right path. What are some of the conversations you're having because of this very exciting policy that brought a lot of people together? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So April 9th, the bill's up for its first committee hearing. It's just around the corner. And I think this is happening at the same time the legislature is debating the state budget, as I mentioned. And the state budget reflects the fact we have many needs in this state, transportation, child care, um, health, I go down the list, water, right? Mm -hmm. We have many needs and we have limited resources. So the most important thing is that the legislature understand what a priority that this is. And so on our website, fulldayk.co, you can see uh, our action alert to be able to contact your legislators just so that they hear some of those voices. Um, We have a lobby day coming up on April 3rd, and the details are on the website as well. But that's a day when advocates from around the state will come together and go to the Capitol and tell their story about the importance of full-day kindergarten. And we would love uh, people to participate in that. Um, But really the most important thing is to have those conversations with your friends, neighbors, family, colleagues, and really highlight what this could mean. Because full-day kindergarten, like we talked about, is an investment that unlocks so much. It unlocks those preschool slots. It unlocks those resources in the, the school district budgets to be able to fund things like teacher salaries. It unlocks all these other resources to be able to uh, free up parents' tuition Mm -hmm. uh, expenses. And knowing that we really have a situation where zip code is determining opportunity, it's really about having the legislature understand what full-day kindergarten can unlock and that they make sure that they see it as a priority. As I said, it feels like we're worked hard to get to the starting line, Mm -hmm. but truly we're just at the starting line. The bill hasn't even been heard yet. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that the funding that was in the budget stays in the budget. And so it's just a matter of legislators knowing that this is a priority for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know you, um, I just said it, this is the last question, but I think I have one more, which is you talked about enrollment being, um, you don't expect it to be at 100% and the bill would only uh, pay school districts for what they do. Um, I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about if the bill uh, touches anything around enrollment and efforts towards that. And you talked about the strengths on finances, but is there any money or resources dedicated to make sure that families know that those resources may exist any time, even just this fall? Yeah, I think that... uh one of the things that's important to understand is we, again, have 178 school districts. All of those school districts, with the exception of just 19 of them, 
all of those school districts have 85% or more of their children in a full day today. That means they're offering a full day. They're reaching out to their communities. They're uh, encouraging enrollment. But when we look at why is it at 85%, it's tuition obstacles for families. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is uh, obstacles for school districts to kind of fully fund that other half of the day. And so I think the first step is fully funding what school districts do. And I fully anticipate there'll be robust outreach. There are some school districts, again, in that 19, that are going to have a longer on-ramp to get full-day kindergarten offered equitably throughout their school district. Mm -hmm. They might be offering it at some schools right now, and they'll just have more work to do uh, to plan for that. But a first step is they wouldn't be able to plan for that if they didn't know that the state was going to fully fund the piece of the other half of the day that they will when this bill passes. I think there will be ongoing conversations at the legislature in the years to come about what is enrollment looking like, what are the obstacles to getting to higher enrollment, especially if it's what parents want. Again, this respects parents' choices around if you want a half day. But ultimately, if parents want it and there are obstacles to getting it, whether it be facilities, additional teachers, and a few of those, again, just those 19 school districts that have lower than 85% enrollment right now, I think that there will be efforts to support those school districts in offering in the years to come. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and breaking down this um, very exciting new policy. And I uh, encourage everybody who have not visited the website yet, this fulldayk.co, to go and see if they can participate in the action alerts and talk to the legislators about what this means for their communities and if you haven't listened to the previous conversation I had with Bill. Um, it's also on that website that you can listen to it and share it with your friends and family and start that conversation. And we will be back next week with another conversation. But thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Basil.